the Optimism Wednesday, but I had to be optimistic today about the Indianapolis Colts and about Matt Ryan. I just have to be. There comes a time as you prepare for training camp and then the regular season where you just have to throw caution to the wind and say to hell with it. I'm all in. I'm behind this guy. I feel good about it. Now, is that going to come back to bite me in the ass like it did last year with Carson Wentz? It might. But in July, you have to indulge in a little bit of hope. That's just the way it is. So we're going to talk about reasons to be really, really bullish about Matt Ryan and what he can do with this Colts offense as he's 37 years old, coming to the Colts after 14 seasons in Atlanta. We're also going to talk about something that Lewis Riddick of ESPN just said about Jonathan Taylor that I absolutely, completely concur with and I've been saying for a year. Interesting stuff from Lewis Riddick. Also, going to talk about the NBA. The Indiana Pacers still not pulling the trigger on the offer sheet for DeAndre Ayton or the trade. The sign-in trade for DeAndre Ayton, we'll talk about that a little bit, comes tonight against the Orlando, Orlando, Baltimore Orioles and... Pacers, we might see a little bit of Aaron Neesmith tonight, of the formerly of the Celtics, now of the Pacers, eligible to play in the Summer League because Malcolm Brogdon passed his physical. How the hell did he do that? I, uh, Pacers fans must have been praying like hell. Please, dear God, let Malcolm Brogdon's ankle and knee and back and neck and throat and scalp and ear and shoulder and elbow and wrist pass muster. He's injured all of them. We're also going to talk a little bit about Tiger Woods. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now. Yeah, I lost a bet. I got a haircut. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Jared Johnson's wonderful. He's worked on the house three times. Fantastic stuff all three times. Or I would not tell you about him. Give him a call. 765-610-8809. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. We're looking for 252 likes today. 252. If you want to donate, donate. It's a wonderful thing to do. I appreciate it greatly. All right, let's talk about sports. Matt Ryan, new quarterback, another one. Been, been a lot of new quarterbacks for the Indianapolis Colts under uh, the Chris Ballard roster construction uh, era. I think maybe this time they got it right, and I'll give you some reasons why. All right. Number one, he was the MVP in 2016. Now, six years ago. That's true. But he's done it. That's got to mean something. It's got to mean that he's got the capability to do it. It's kind of a weak reason, but it's a reason nonetheless. How about this? It was one-year anomaly last year, all right? His QBR fell from 59.8 to 46.1. It had never been below 59.8. It fell 12 points. 13.7 points. That doesn't happen because a guy gets older. It happens because an offensive line goes to hell in a handcart. It happens because Julio Jones signs with the Titans. It happens because Calvin Ridley needs some time for Calvin Ridley. It happens because, like I said, the offensive line sucked. We're going to get to that in a minute. In fact, well, no, we'll get to it in a minute. I was right. You know what? This wasn't the first time. Last year wasn't the first time that Matt Ryan threw for 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in the same year. He did that back in 2017. Do you know what happened the following year? 35 touchdowns and 7 picks. That's what happened the following year. All right, for 4924, 4924 yards, a passer rating of 108.1. 
fourth best in the NFL that year, 35th best ever in the history of the National Football League. That's exactly, he's got to be in the top 12. For the Colts to be able to function as a potential Super Bowl team, Matt Ryan's got to put his passer rating in the top 12. I think he's going to do that. Here's the deal with the offensive line. The Colts offensive line is better. All right, Matt Pryor, Quentin Nelson. We'll talk about Quentin Nelson. Ryan Kelly, Danny Pitter, who's going to be better than Mark Lowinski right out of the crate, and Braden Smith. Last year, there were some wobbles within that group. And one of those wobbles was Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson, last year, uh, down year, injuries, graded on Pro Football Focus as a 62 in pass protection. Do you know Jalen Mayfield, the starting left guard for the Falcons, do you know what his uh, rating was on Pro Football Focus in pass protection? It was, it was really not good. I hesitate even to say it. 27.6. Quentin Nelson, people are like, my God, you're going to give this guy an extension? He's already going to make 13.8 next year. You're going to extend the guy? And making the highest paid guard in the history of the league after 62? Mayfield, 27.6. That's ridiculous. That group, Matthews, Mayfield, McGarry, Lindstrom, Hennessy, not good. Granted, the Colts in pass protection were not great. But they had Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz held on to the ball too damn long, and was not consistent in the way he dropped back. I can't tell you how important it is to have offensive linemen who can trust where the quarterback's going to be as those offensive linemen, all five of them, try to protect him with their backs to him. you got to know where he's going to be. You have to trust that he's going to be where he's supposed to be. And Carson Wentz, they were their pass protected. Hey, where'd he go? He's, he's, Carson! You're supposed to be right back here. What the hell is going on here? That's what Carson Wentz was as a quarterback last year, and that is one of the reasons, just one of the reasons, why pass protection for the Colts was not a strength. Run blocking was a strength. At any rate, uh, how about this? Mayfield gave up 11 sacks from the left guard position and 57 pressures. Wow, that's a lot. For a guard, right? Matt Ryan's going to be better behind these guys. Here's the thing about 2016 with the Falcons. They had Devonta Freeman, right? 227 carries, 1,079 yards, 54 receptions, 462 yards receiving. That would be okay for Jonathan Taylor. We would take that. Tevin Coleman as kind of a change of pace widget. Tevin Coleman, 118 carries, 520 yards. 31 receptions, 421 yards. I would like to see Naheem Hines fewer carries than that, but many more receptions than that. I'd like to see Naheem Hines get 60 touches catching the ball out of the backfield. Julio Jones that year, 83 catches, 1,409 yards, and nobody else was even close to that. Nobody had 900 yards. I don't think anybody had 700 yards. I think Mohamed Sanu had just short of 700 yards. And... Interestingly, the Falcons had a three-tight-end attack where all three tight ends were utilized roughly equally during that season. 
And they caught 54 balls for 745 yards and eight touchdowns. I think that that is going to mirror the Colts in the tight end department. I think you're going to have Mo Ali Cox, Jelani Woods, and Kylan Granson as a three-headed monster of tight ends, all getting the ball relatively that often. 54 catches, that's like 17 apiece, 18 apiece. My mistake. The hair. The hair's where my math cells were. Here's what Lewis Riddick had to say about Jonathan Taylor. Said that if the offensive line remains healthy and intact and Jonathan Taylor remains healthy, he could retire as one of the best three or four running backs of all time. Watching him at Lucas Oil Stadium last year, early in the season, not even when he really kind of got it rolling. I, I can't remember who I was sitting next to. I think in his rookie year, too, I was saying these things. Uh, to Mike Chaplin, Stephen Holder. He's got sweetness in him. He's got Walter Payton in him, but he's faster than Walter Payton. Some people say he's got Emmett Smith in him. I think he's got Walter Payton. He is uh, durable. He is really, really fast. Like I said, faster than Payton. He is a really good running back with everything you need to put up historically important numbers. And I'm not talking about, we talked about it yesterday, the 1,800-yard seasons, those are not going to happen very often, and maybe not ever again. And hopefully they don't, because if you're running it so often, you put up 1,811 yards like Jonathan Taylor did, you know why you're doing it? Because your pass offense sucks. That's why. You don't trust it. You trust your running back at 5.5 yards per carry more than you do with your passing game, and your passing game should be about 7.7 yards per pass so that you're giving up 2.2 yards per play every time you run the football if you can't throw the football 57 percent of the time you got a problem in the national football league and that's a fact uh pacers still waiting on a potential deandre ayton deal i gotta tell you i did a radio hit today in fort wayne with brett rump love going on with brett and we talked about this, and the more I talked about it, the more I got a headache. It, it, the NBA's rules governing trades, announcements, free agency, draft, where a guy's got, you know, a bull's hat on and after he already knows he's been traded to the Suns or whatever, it doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. Zero. However, this is the deal. If the Pacers extend an offer sheet to, the, to DeAndre Ayton, even if the Suns match that offer sheet, the Suns then can't trade Ayton anywhere before December 15th. So if he was going to be part of the package for Kevin Durant and the Pacers made the offer sheet uh, deal with DeAndre Ayton, they would put a block up, and that's why Herb Simon doesn't like doing these offer sheets. Wants everybody to behave like a fraternity, all the owners. All right, be a nice guy. Hang Central Division champion banners. You know what I mean? You're there to win a world championship, or you're there to, like, ah, we're going to go 41 and 41 again. Yay! What are you doing? At any rate, the Pacers... They're either going to give them the offer sheet or they're going to do a sign-and-trade. They're going to wind up getting DeAndre Ayton. Everything that I hear is telling me that 
from inside the organization. They are usually really tight-lipped. This, little less so. Pacers really trying to get DeAndre Ayton, and if they're able to, they are going to have seven lottery guys. Seven guys taken inside the lottery on their roster, and most of them really, really young. The oldest, Buddy Heald, at the age of 29, was taken sixth overall, right? Chris Duarte, 25. He was taken 14th. Aaron Neesmith, he was taken 14th. Tyrese Halliburton taken 12th. Jalen Smith taken 10th, right? Benedict Halliburton taken 6th. And DeAndre Ayton taken number one. If they keep Miles Turner, which would be crazy, that's an 11th overall pick in 2015. Did I miss anybody? Let me check. No, I did not. Nice. Neesmith, eligible to play tonight for the, for the Pacers against the uh, Pistons as summer league play. We're about halfway home. They got five games. They played two. Two more in the regular season, number three tonight, and then that kind of postseason game, which will either be for the league championship or some kind of consolation prize. Cubs tonight against the Orioles. The Orioles have won eight straight, I'm telling you. Cubs have lost four straight. This smells <laughs> smells like a Cubs victory. And the Cubs are favored tonight, so I'm not as bullish on the Cubs as I would be for you investors because you're not getting a great payout tonight as you did a couple of weeks ago when I told you the Cubs were going to win after they had lost a gob in a row and they're playing a team that had won a gob in a row. Uh, Tiger disagrees with what the LIV, the live offers, or golfers have done Who's he to criticize? Dan Dockich asked this on his show today. Who's he to criticize? Kind of crapped away his marriage. Behaved as a complete ridiculous guy for a really long time. Well, you know what? A lot of us behave as ridiculous guys. If being a ridiculous guy kind of kind of countermands our ability to criticize others, nobody's going to be critical of anybody for doing anything. I don't need Tiger Woods to inform my opinion of the live golfers. My opinion of the live golfers is this. They're greed merchants. They play only for money. And when you do something only for money, you miss the overall. You miss the big picture. And I feel bad for people who miss the big picture. Money is not that important. It's not as important as kids. It's not as important as family, friends, an ability to work and enjoy and to laugh, those things all more important than money. So, uh, you know what? Whatever you think of Tiger Woods, that doesn't mean you can't agree with him about the live golfers. It doesn't mean you have to either. So there you go. Uh, could be that Matt Ryan is to the Colts as Peyton Manning was to the Broncos. You're damn right. I would not play on the live circuit for millions. I'd play on the PGA Tour and try to win championships that are meaningful and follow in the footsteps of Nicholas and Palmer and Trevino and, and Watson and Johnny Miller and all these guys that I grew up looking, looking up to. That's what I would do. Jack Nicholas this morning speaking at St. Andrews. He's been welcomed as a citizen of St. Andrews. It was awesome. That's a man of modesty and humility who is the best to ever play. He, was, he won three British Opens. He was the runner-up ten times. That's incredible. And still cried today as he was welcomed into that community officially. I thought it was really, really cool. And Jack Nicklaus 
You know, I, I tweeted it this morning. I, I want to be like Mike. Okay, you want to be like Mike? That's cool. I, I got nothing but love and admiration for Michael Jordan. But how about being a little bit like Jack Nicholas? Jack Nicholas never missed a kid's anything. He, he made it to events. He prized his family. He still prizes his family. Still does everything he can to be the patriarch of that family and, and surround those kids with love. And, and it's beautiful. That's how we're supposed to live our lives. Great. He's made a lot of money, but I don't think it was ever about the money for Jack Nicholas. It was a little bit about the money, but not a lot about the money. What it's about is family for him. And that's to be honored as it was today. And that's to be emulated. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Breakfast with Kent. I can't wait.